Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guest is Dr. Megan Forsyth. Megan is a project coordinator and researcher at the Research Center for the Study of Music, Media, and Place, and the director of the Bruno Center for Excellence in Choral Music at MUN. She's an ethnomusicologist specializing in music and dance of the Acadian diaspora and is co-author with Ursula Kelly of her forthcoming book, The Music of Our Burnished Axes, Songs and Stories of the Woodworkers of Newfoundland and Labrador. In addition to her work at MMAP, Megan teaches courses in ethnomusicology, musicology and popular music at Munn's School of Music. Recently, MMAP launched The Neighbors St. John's, an app for mobile devices that presents fascinating stories from cultural communities in and around St. John's. The app enables users to take a walking tour of downtown St. John's and Middle Cove Beach and hear stories associated with individual locations. Megan, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. It is nice to have you here. Um, So let's jump right in and start talking about uh, The Neighbors. I want to come back and talk to you a little bit about your book project as well. But uh, first of all, The the Neighbors, St. John's, where did this program get its start? So this project, the phone app, stems from um, a, a project, a research project of our, our research center, the MMAP Research Center, uh, that was begun in 2009 by Dr. Beverly Diamond, the founding director of MMAP. And basically what this was, it was a ho- oral history project. So our other projects tend to focus more on sound and, and music, um, but this one was focused on storytelling. And it was, uh, it started out it was in two parts. The first uh, was teams of research, student researchers who went out and a lot of them had connections to different um, cultural communities in Saint John, in the St. John's area. And they, they conducted oral histories with, with members of the different communities and just g- gathered fascinating stories. And um, this that was done between 2009 and 2011. And we've since conducted some more um, some more stories to sort of fill in some some gaps that that were uh, that weren't done in that initial project. Um, but they they gathered um, an archive of over ninety um, oral histories. Wow! Yeah. And um, and we were trying to f- you know we wanted to do something with this. We had. Uh, a sort of a, a publication in mind, um, but we really wanted to make these stories accessible to people all over the place, and and in ways that that would would be meaningful for for different generations of of, um, of users. And uh, you'll remember in 2014 we held a, a meeting of uh, people who we thought would be uh, interested and in, really kind of invested in uh, cultural diversity or or oral history, and um, and we we had diff- people from different levels of government, people invested in multiculturalism, uh, scholars, um, representatives from different ethnocultural communities in, in the province. Um, and we gathered to, to talk about what the possibilities were to do with this, this archive. And one of the things we had in mind already to do, a, to do a, a, an app for smartphones, um, but that was something that really came out of that meeting was that people thought, you know, they wanted something um, mobile and something really accessible and, and not, some, not something um, static or, or necessarily in print. Uh, so the smartphone really seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Uh, and it was through that meeting that, that the name Neighbors came out. Uh, we wanted to, um, the general discussion was to avoid, you know, labeling people as others, um, kind of getting away from the, the terms that we often associate with immigrants immigration and so it wasn't going to be you know immigrant communities of St. John's it was right. going to be neighbors and the interactions that people have um, on a daily basis 
And the stories are, you know, people will recognize some of the some of the the, the, the storytellers um, for sure. People like Lorraine Michael, um, who tells a story about uh, her family, her, the, her Lebanese family's immigration to St. John's and the establishment of, or to Newfoundland and the establishment of of the Michael family store and. Um, and other other um, things that her family has contributed over the many years. Uh, Dale, uh, Jerry Evans, the uh, Mi'kmaq artist, uh, tells a, a really interesting story about uh, his Baothic heritage and um, uh, and then there are student stories and uh, all kinds of different uh, different stories. One of the other things that came out of that meeting was that um, we were really encouraged to uh, to to not only celebrate cultural diversity, but kind of you know, but really uh, find a way of of challenging you know, or talking talking about you know the challenges of multiculturalism and diversity, and and bringing those kind of stories to light as well. So you'll see that they're not all necessarily happy stories. Right. Yeah. Um, they they do you know, there's a there's a story about a young woman um, and her experience of wearing the hijab. In living in St. John's, and it's it's a it's a it's a difficult story, and and um, I mean there are some difficult stories that are also funny. So Fumiko Ishiwata, one of um, a, a Japanese woman and uh, an entrepreneur in in St. John's, one of the founding Japanese families in um, in St. John's, uh, tells the story of moving here with her husband and um, and trying to make Japanese food, and just the challenges of you know she calls it the minute rice story because she had <laughs> you know they they could not find the kind of the food uh, you know ingredients for the food they wanted to make. Um, and of course, her son has gone on to be the um, chef and owner of Basho, that many people will, will the restaurant Basho, that many people will know. So um, so there's some, some of the stories are quite funny. Um, but uh, yeah, they're kind of a mix of, of you know, celebratory stories, song, you know, stories about music and, and culture and, and traditions, but also um, stories that, that, you know, kind of take a more pointed look at, at the, the idea of diversity and belonging and how people... Um, find belonging in in different places. And you, you said that the um, <coughs> the initial project you had about ninety uh, oral histories, which were a long longer stories, more mm-hmm. um, series of stories. Uh, how did you curate that down into manageable audio bite? Files, you know, soundbite files. Sure. Well, this is a, this is the big the big challenge. Uh, we were really lucky um, to have, to be working with Chris Brooks on this project, the award winning radio documentarian. Um, he's a magician with with these kind of, of things and sound editing and just thinking about how how to make. Um, stories accessible to to a wide audience. And he's of course done this in the Battery and in Bannerman Park. <coughs> And uh, but we were also lucky to um, to have a really great team of, of student researchers and a lot of different people reading the um, uh, just listening to the stories and and you know there were there were it was relatively easy to to come up with a, a list of stories that that were just appealing on different on, for different reasons and so um, but having having a great team of students who who really went through them very very carefully um, Carolyn Chong and Hadi Milan Lu um, Diego Pani um, Jordan Dallas especially um, have gone through this many times so we've all listened to all these stories and and trying to both you know, um, it was impossible with the, the you're limited by the the, uh, the amount of data that you can have um, in in the the phone app. So we knew we had a, a limited number of stories that, that we could have, um, and uh, and it was going to be impossible to be fully representative. So uh, one of our our sister projects that we're working on this year is a, a much bigger um, a digital archive a website that will have. Um, 
at least 60 stories and and other sort of uh, newspaper articles links and and various other uh, other stories but it'll be about 60 stories from that that archive that we'll have in there so that gives us a little bit of relief that we can we can be more re- fully representative of that that initial project and the diversity of of the province so, so uh, how, how many stories are on the app then itself a 27 27 yeah, okay. 27 and they're all about two to two to three minutes long okay um so it's, and yeah. and so is this is this app similar to the other apps that chris has developed where it's a gps located so you can walk around and the stories kind of pop up when you're in that location is that it is so you can access it certainly that way and it creates a nice little loop um all, along the harbor and up duckworth street and a few outlying uh, areas where there were specific um meaningful locations or, or current stores that are located um, in different parts uh, and middle cove was um what was important to include for us because we were really interested in the different ways that certain places are um are are used by so many different cultural groups you know a lot of people think of middle cove um in the capelin season but many other uh many other groups use it um for for uh, you know have traditions that also um are, are grounded in middle cove yeah I, I remember going to that forum in, in 2014 <laughs> mm-hmm. and there was this great photograph of uh middle cove beach during capelin season the scene that i think many people are familiar with and then there were you had these other great photographs of mm-hmm. I, I think an indian festival that was taking care a hindu yeah. festival that was taking taking place on that on that beach and i had never seen that side of middle cove beach yeah. before yeah. yeah it's really fascinating so we we decided to we've placed um two stories there uh the, the ganesh um uh, uh, festival, um, and, which is it's just so colorful and, and beautiful. Uh, and the other place is uh, Bannerman Park has a number of stories that are that are centered there. Um, so there's a few places where the, those stories were kind of clumped because there's specific um, other landmarks in those areas. Or, um, but we were really interested in in that aspect of it, the different ways that certain public spaces are are, are used. And and again, like these stories that people um, might not know of these places that are very familiar to yeah. a lot of us. And then who Chris did the the work of pulling the audio side together who did the the, the layout the graphic design that that kind of work uh, so so Chris was using um, a platform called app furnace to, to build this um, right. this uh, the site um, and did the audio editing uh, for us and um, uh, Graham Blair did the graphic design so okay, the, yeah. the logo and and the um, and, and the little icons that you click on. Uh, but I should go, going back to your question about how you access it, you can access it by doing walking this loop, but you can also access it from the comfort of your own home. So I could pull it up here, we're on the Mun campus, and, and listen to all the, click around all the stories. So it's, um, so you don't necessarily have to be in, in St. John's to do this, which is, which is a nice feature as well. Yeah, yeah. And what has the response been so far? I, I know it's just been, been launched, but are you getting feedback? Have people been talking about it? Well, the, the official launch is tomorrow night, okay, so I yeah. think a lot of people don't quite know about it yet, other than through <laughs> um, through some some media that that's gone out. So I haven't received a whole lot of, of feedback. Um, people who have listened to the stories, we've asked some of our, our students and, and you know family members to listen to stories, and, and people are quite taken with with the, the just the, the stories that people are they're telling. And I mean, um, I mean, we know many well known storytellers, yourself included, but you know, um, these people featured on the app are, are not wouldn't probably identify themselves as storytellers, sure, but yeah. they have such compelling stories and they're just so, they are wonderful, um, really wonderful storytellers. So. I, I always find that, that to be very true, that people sometimes think that 
that storytellers are, you know, kind of a profession unto themselves, you know, but, but I'm always impressed with people who just tell their own personal stories. And, and I know from the years being involved with the St. John's um, storytelling circle, my favorite nights were the people were my favorite nights were the nights where someone just random came from the wider community and told their own personal mm-hmm. story. I, I love those kinds of stories, those kind of spontaneous family stories. Yeah. And uh, I, I always feel that you get a real insight into to people's lives just hearing these little these little parts of their life stories. Yeah, it, definitely. And one one of the one of my favorite stories um, uh, is um, uh, Bob Button is a realtor actually in Clark's Beach, and he tells stories about growing up in St. John's. There's two of his stories in, in, on the app, um, and the first um, and they're all related to the Portuguese fishermen of the White Fleet that were came to, to St. John's uh, very regularly and he tells a story about you know running wine as a child for and not being able to really communicate with them other than a bucket would descend and he would kind of caught on what they wanted him to do and they kind of gave him money and, and he would run off and get this or deliver something and come back and, and so it's a really funny story or fishing so their soccer balls out of the, the harbor and yeah. you know so, so some of those uh, I mean they're just really yeah, it gives you a bit insight not only into you know Bob, but also into li- what life might have been like um, at that time in uh, you know for a child, you know, and and, um, and stories that we don't really hear much about. Yeah, I think there's sometimes this perception that that Newfoundland has always been this very Anglo-Irish kind of place, mm-hmm. and that isn't true. I mean, when we look at the historical record, certainly in St. John's, it, it has always been multi-ethnic. There's Absolutely. always been you know. Um, uh, a heavy Portuguese Spanish influence in downtown St. John. Some of the buildings, you know, the in on Water Street mm-hmm. were built by Spanish merchants and things like that. You know, so so what do you think? Um, what do you think this app then means to people's understanding of place and community? Yeah, it it's. Uh, I mean, this project has been going on for a while now. I mean, since the first interviews in two thousand and nine, and um, and then we really kind of kicked it off in in. 2015 let's say or just in 2014 after that meeting um the it feels really timely to be talking about this i mean um we we hear a lot more these days about you know multiculturalism and and diversity um but it's still a really important uh it's it's i don't think we don't necessarily we hear about this we don't necessarily associate it with our everyday surroundings and so for for st john's as you say that's often cast as really homogenous and that that's really not the case i mean a lot of the people in the app are sort of um you know uh, founding families of of saint john's in many ways um and uh, so it, it seems like it feels like a really timely story to tell about you know how we uh how we welcome people um the, the challenges that we i mean some some of the challenging stories that you know, might not think about you know the challenges of of raising children in a in a different environment right, with different different social values and that then you might have been raised yourself in a different country so there there are some really you know um, really pointed stories about that um, Jerry Evans in his story makes a really you know a, a really vivid point about the the um, the reality of St. John's not being so homogenous and, and, you know, and, and, you know, St. Newfoundland music being more diverse than we generally think of. So he, right. he really makes that point quite strongly in his, in his story. Um, but yeah, it feels like a really, really important time to, to really tell this broader story about, about the place that we all call home. Yeah. Um, for people who aren't really familiar with, uh, 
for about MMAP itself. Mm -hmm. Can you can you explain what the research center is and how it how it functions within the university? Sure, we're we're part of the School of Music, so a research center as part that's part of the School of Music. Um, we are we're located in the Arts and Culture Center, and um, the the mandate of, of MMAP has always been to uh, primarily related to audio, but to bring uh, to to make uh, to, to take you know, music and, and recordings that have, you know, fallen out of circulation or uh, field recordings and kind of bring them back into uh, in, into public use. So we put out a series, our Back in Track audio publication series that um, ha- brings archival audio and contemporary recordings um, sort of together uh, out of the archives and, and back into circulation. So that's one of the main, um, the main uh, goals that we've had, uh, especially under Bev Diamond's, uh, a project that she initiated under her um, leadership, and uh, but it just more generally to to sort of foster discussion about music and and culture, um, not only in Newfoundland but but globally as well. So we're um, we're, we're a small group. We have uh, Spencer Crew, who's our our audio um, specialist, an audio studio audio coordinator, and uh, our the new director uh, who began in 2016 is Harry Berger, who's um, who's a, an ethnomusicologist as well and a folklorist. Yeah, I'm very impressed with your your new setup now for doing uh, like live broadcasts of lectures and, and stuff like that. Yes. You're, you're getting very you're very technological. Like it's, it's so like that and the app. Like you really seem to be on kind of the cutting edge of where education and, and public uh, programming is going, I think. Well, yeah, we're trying. We're trying. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been really fun actually to think about you know just the way for the phone app for for me to thinking about the ways that people might navigate through stories and thinking about you know if you if you don't have any really extensive context for a story you know how does someone listen to some of these little like you said sound bites of stories I mean these are just uh, this is just a fraction of of the longer oral history that these people um, provided so um, in in their initial interviews so it's uh, but yeah we we live stream all our our music media and culture lecture series events and other other we host a lot of other events that are we try to live stream or at least record and put up on our YouTube channel so um, that's a way of, of I mean there's so many fascinating people in in the province in St. John's it, you know that we try to get really interesting people from away um, to to come and give talks in our lecture series and it's just live streaming is a great way of, of just broadening the audience and and uh, making this more accessible so, so if people want to get more information about the center or find your YouTube channel how do they how do they do that where do they go uh, the easiest way would be to uh, to go to www.mun.ca slash mmap and you, there's a link to our YouTube channel with all the, the archive of all the events. There's book launches and performances and all the lecture series uh, there. And uh, you can get more information about the other projects that we're working on as well. So the Neighbors Project is is launching now. The website's going to be coming later on in this mm-hmm. year. Uh, are there other things that are, you have in the works? Oh my, yes. We have lots of lots of things. For the past couple of years, we've been working on um, with the town of Placentia. Uh, they, they launched a uh, the Voices of Placentia. Bay uh, exhibit. exhibit, yeah. And we, uh, we, for that launch of their exhibit, we had put a preliminary website together for them. Uh, again, a way of making the audio, because it was a really audio-heavy, multimedia-heavy um, exhibit, making that audio just available to people who, who can't necessarily go to Placentia. So um, so that's that's up, but we're revising that and adding more to it. So that's a, kind of a digital archive that we're working on. Um, in 2004, 
three or four, one of the first projects that MAP did under Bev's uh, directorship was to launch um, the website of McEdward Leach and the Songs of Atlantic Canada. Uh, and what we're doing now, I mean, it was cutting edge in, in 2004, and it's a great resource. So we're, we're we're um we're taking a lot of the feedback that we got about that site and totally revising it and relaunching a, a second edition of that. So that's a huge project. There's something like 750 recordings. Um, we're going to put the full recordings on. That was some feedback that we got that people wanted more than just the the one or two verses. Um, someone pointed out that people only just get warmed up in the first <laughs> second verse. <laughs> yeah. And there were limitations back in, in 2003 when that when yeah. that was put together. But now we can put the, the full the full um, thing up. So it's going to be a spectacular site. I think it's going to be really exciting um, to get that launched. That'll be also this in the year or so. Um, and we've got we're working on a, a, a CD with uh, Tom Dr. Tom Gordon um, on the uh, music of the Moravian Moravian music of Labrador. So mm -hmm. that should be coming out in the next, uh, available in the next couple of months. I guess that's one of the challenges of doing anything that is kind of cutting edge or technological is mm -hmm. that what is at the forefront in 2004, yeah. suddenly it's 14 years later and that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's dated. Like things date yeah. very, very quickly when you're working with technology. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we found some, some sketches of, you know, what is the internet, you know, <laughs> but back in 2004 yes. and how, how does this actually work? Because it was just, it was relatively new and people weren't doing digital archives yeah. uh, dark, uh, at that time so um, so yeah it's really really exciting to, to th and to think differently now we know the ways that people can navigate through um, through websites and we can really think um, you know for the neighbors uh, website that we're working on um, you know it's going there's going to be a map it'll also be you'll be able to click on a map and you'll be able to you know uh, the stories are all tagged so you'll be able to search and kind of have a guided search to find the different stories or linked stories so it's going to be really uh, it's really exciting to think about how yeah the, the, the how people can actually get at the stories you, you've been doing CDs for for a while are, are you starting to think about the future of the CD as a as a medium we've probably been talking about that for well my my six years associated with MMAP and, and much longer than that as well um, we definitely are thinking about that. I think we're, we're moving more in the direction of, of digital archives yeah. and and, um, and you know uh, open access. But uh, as you know, um, for the, the the Moravian CD, for example, um, a lot of uh, you know the the, the lot you know you, uh, web streaming of things just wouldn't work to, to have this music accessible to some of our Labrador, yeah. you know, counterparts in Labrador. Yeah. So th then um, the uh, optical media is still needed yeah. um, so so we're still kind of limited by those unfortunately by by that um, discrepancy in in access to to the internet that we have here versus um, some parts of, of Labrador so um, so for now um, we're, we're doing both and we've so we've got a few um, we're, we're working uh, on the beginning very beginning stages of um, of Indonesian heavy metal CD oh, interesting, uh, yeah. through one of our colleagues uh, who will actually be here in February um, giving a giving a talk yeah. Jeremy Wallach. So, um, so there's a few. Uh, you know, we're trying to balance you know projects in um, in uh, you know the province versus you know, more more sort of in international um, music projects. So. so then let's shift from from high technology to low tech. Let's let's go to analog. Let's go to to book projects. Let's talk about the book project that you have coming out fairly mm -hmm. soon with ICER. Yes, this yeah. is a project. Um, I, I'm the co-author with Dr. Ursula Kelly, a professor in education of um, 
of a, a book on uh, logging songs, stories, and recitations of um, uh, in, uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, and this stems from uh, a CD that Emmett put out in uh, 2014, and Ursula was the the guest producer of that of that CD. Um, and uh, and has her background, her family's history. She has many family members who were loggers. Her father, her uncles. Um, so this was a story that was really um, close to her heart. And she came to MMAP with this project in 2013 or 14. Uh, we released the CD, and then after that, um, we, she and I, kind of took, we kind of took it on the road. We took MMAP on the road, and we gave public presentations in a number of different communities. Um, and we were just, you know, this is a story about the province that is not, not often told, yes, right? I it's, agree. Um, and. I was just uh, logging is not something that I knew much about before the project started, or have I don't have a, a personal connection to it. But I was just struck by the, the, how it resonated with so many people. And when you know the story of logging in the province, you know that many of the communities in the province wouldn't exist if it didn't if it hadn't been for this history of of of, um, uh, of logging and woods working. So um, so we uh, we were always just struck by how how people connected to that story and um, and we had just fascinating conversations with with people all over the place and as we as we went around the province and as Ursula um, you know talked to to many people about the project and people kept offering her more and more songs um, so the, this this what we thought was this you know relatively small number originally of, of, of songs that had been collected of locally composed songs so our focus is on locally composed songs about wood uh, woodworking um uh, you know, we there was just so much more to tell, so we approached um, Icer Books uh, about a book project, and voila, yeah, it should be. We hope by early spring it'll be it'll be available. So um, there are over. It's basically uh, the combination of a of a written book and a song book. So um, Ursula wrote two chapters uh, about the history of of woods working in the province and the 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 relationship of song and, and recitation and stories to that history mm-hmm. in that history. And then I wrote um, a chapter about the 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 music side of it, right? What these songs are, how you know some of, some of the things that we can kind of pick out of the songs. Um, and I did transcriptions of I think. Try to get the number right. I think there were um, over eighty songs and recitations and stories that that we've dug up that Ursula has dug up, um, and uh, so it's it's quite a quite a hefty yeah. <laughs> quite a hefty book. Um, and in that, are there are there themes and topics that kind of have emerged out of the out of the words? Uh? Definitely, I think this, the Ursula and I have talked a lot about this aspect and um, the 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 parts of the story that really resonate are, you know, the story of Aboriginal and Labradorian loggers. Uh, again, you know, even the story of logging isn't much told in the province, and that's even a lesser told story. Um, the story of, of, you know, the role of women and families in the logging camps, and, and that, that camaraderie that, um, that I, I think is, is so well known to people who, who were living that or lived it through their parents or grandparents. Um, that was, a, you know, for Ursula, that camaraderie was something she experienced visiting her father in, in the camps and and the the way that the men primarily interacted with each other and with her um, was was something that really struck her and she carried with her for her her whole life um, so but telling that story and then the humor that comes out of a lot of the songs I mean it was really difficult work but um, as many of the people we talked to said you know they they rarely heard the their fathers or grandfathers or uncles complain about the the hard work you know and it was really 
um, what they talked about was these relationships and and the fun that that they that they had and that comes out in a, a lot of the the songs and the in the stories um, so for me that that was a, that was a big those are the, some of the big themes that was a big part of it um, I mean the the, the lengths that people traveled to 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 get to the camps is I mean all the stories that come out of it are out of the, the book are, are are fascinating you know the, the, the distances that people traveled and the the types of work that they did um, and we're working on another project which is uh, Ursula and I are collaborating on another project which is looking specifically at the role of um, loggers in the first and second world war so the mm-hmm. Newfoundland um, overseas forestry uh, unit yeah, incredible story um, as well yeah. you know, it's, it's super interesting story yeah. so we're collaborating with a, a group over in um, in near Aberdeen in Scotland um, to do a, a traveling archive or traveling exhibit that will travel around our province and that part of Scotland as well. Very exciting. And you were saying this is your first kind of full book project? It, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's so exciting. I'm thrilled yeah. to collaborate with <laughs> Ursula, who's done this many times. So yeah, um, good. Yeah. And so that's coming out from ICER and that'll be out this spring. spring. Very yeah. good. Well, thank you very much and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thank you. I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at HFNLCA. Thanks for listening.